So my first week on the air, uh, I work at a radio station. It was my very first time on the air. And I was a morning news gal and part of a morning show at a very small market in Ohio. And uh, during my first week, I believe it was the third day in, the host um, said to me on the air, well, what do you think, Bimbo? Seriously. Seriously. And that was my inauguration into the world of media, being a woman in the media and being a woman in morning radio and dealing with what a lot of people are talking about right now. Mommy! It's the mom cast. Really, mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening. Mom cast! The mom cast. And of course, I'm talking about the Me Too movement. We're talking about Harvey Weinstein. And you know what? I think it does belong on MomCast. Welcome to MomCast. I'm Stacy, and I'm very excited because I cannot believe that you and I have never had the chance to sit down like this. And we haven't. You know what's very interesting? How much our careers have paralleled each other. Absolutely. You talked about your very first job in radio. One of mine out of college was being the news gal. And you talk about calling you bimbo. I was called the giggle mistress. Oh, mm. oh, we've got a lot oh, of those. Oh, it's so much worse than that. Yes, a lot of those, I'm sure. This is Christy Kemper. She is the news maven. You also do middays yes, on do. QFM 96. She's our rocker mom. <laughs> Little edge now to MomCast. And I'm so, so pleased that you said yes to joining How me. could I not? I've been wanting to sit down and the two of us chit chat for a long time. I've been doing radio for over 30 years. I've been blessed to be a part of it, but yet there's a lot of stuff that goes on that I look back over my 30 year career in radio and go, why did I even put up with that? I know. Isn't that hard now for us to do? I thought the same thing. And I think it too, it changes for you when you become a parent. This is true. We both have daughters. Your daughter is an adult. She's an adult. She, I've, I've managed to raise a millennial daughter, and that's a whole <laughs> different topic we'll talk about sometime. Uh, 26 years old, but, you know, she kind of grew up in this environment as well, her mom being in radio and, and being out in public and things along those lines. Uh, so she, and when this whole movement, this me, hashtag Me Too came out, and uh, I saw on her Facebook account and her Twitter account that she had, had done it as well. And I went, I went to her and I said, so you've experienced this? Oh, she said, oh, yeah. She goes, Go, going back to, she goes, I think back to middle school, which is tough for a young girl anyway. Middle oh, school is the worst. Wow. Okay. And then, of course, going to college uh, and even in her workplace now, uh, she told me that, that she still deals with it. And that's a shock to me. See, and that is what I was going to say because my daughter's younger. She's 11, um, but she's in a school program. It's called, and it's in many schools now, it's called Girls Rocks. And I love that she's in it. I encouraged her because I knew something about the program. And it is really to kind of empower girls there in this be day and age. Like that. Yes. yes. And to, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the co-ed, but it's a chance for girls to just talk about girl things and issues. And on the very first meeting, they wrote down, what do you wish? They, they, they had a little form that you fill out. And the first thing said, what do you wish? And she wrote down, I wish that women were paid the same as men. That was the first thing she wrote down on the paper. And there were a couple of things along those lines. And I honestly, I kind of put the paper down and thought, why 
does she think this? Then I thought, well, because we talk about it in the news that there is still no equality. I mean, we're still not quite there. But at 11 years old to recognize recognize that and to say that. And to say it and some of the other things. And I thought, more importantly, I thought we'd be further ahead. I thought we'd be in a different place than where we are right now, where we are just now discussing things we should have been discussing. A long time ago. Yes, and why? Why did you and I experience the things we experienced, and and all women, not just in what we do, and think, you know what, I better not say anything because I could lose my job. That's exactly what happened to me when I got out of college uh, I was doing, I was the news director, okay, for a morning show, and they teamed me up with a partner. I was working for a radio station in Springfield, Ohio. And I was 22 years old, right out of college, pretty much my first my first real job. They introduced me to this guy, and he goes, listen, why don't you come on over? Uh, let's talk about what the show's going to be and, you know, what our roles are going to be and everything else. And I remember walking to his apartment, and he was probably eight years older than me, 22 years old, and everything's still in boxes, and I started to feel uncomfortable, but I didn't know why I was feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, well, this guy's going to be my coworker. I, I should feel safe in this environment. And he proceeded to pull out Polaroids of himself being pleasured by his fiance and thought that I would enjoy seeing those. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. And I look back on it now, and I haven't thought about this for a long time. And I think about it now, and then proceeded to show me his porn collection and wanted oh. to know if I'd like to see any of that. <sighs> and I... So again, 22 years old, my first real job in radio, I didn't want to be that person and go, you disgust me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Now, going back, I should have said that. And You'd I should have say went that right. today. I sure. would say that today and go to management and say, I don't know who you hired, but I refuse to work with somebody who shows me Polaroids of him getting serviced by his fiance. I'm sorry. Right. Um, so 22 years old and the whole thing, I can't lose my job. This is what I went to college for. I say anything. I'm going to be the rogue employee and I can't be that. So I keep my mouth shut. Luckily, like eight months later, he got fired for another little infraction he did. <laughs> and he's out of rate of, but I wonder how many other women that he's done this to. Right. I should have said something. Now that he's in a, a real position of authority, I worry about what could have happened or maybe not happening or is happening. And I could have nipped it in the bud mm-hmm. early in my career. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the person you are today, the mom, the the career woman, the wife, all of those things that fall under who you are, today, we know what we would say. Mm -hmm. And I think that we react differently. But yes, it's hard for me to, because I know the conversation is coming, to tell my daughter why I kind of thought it was okay to not say anything. That's the hard part. And I think that's hard for all of us, for men and women, though. I mean, and I don't want to say it only happens to women because I actually have friends that are men mm-hmm. that some of this sort of thing has happened to. I but believe right it. now we're talking about the women. And that's the harder thing for me because I have many incidents like that. Now, thank God nothing ever happened. You know, I, I think, hear you. Something I felt something that situation. I'm like, what is this guy going to? Right. If he feels comfortable enough showing me this, what's he going to do afterwards? Right. And I learned the way I dealt with it because I had the same exact fear as you. And I think many women have that fear, no matter what profession you're in, that you're going to lose your job. Right. You just you say nothing. For me, it was humor. 
I just used humor and would pretend every time one of these situations would pop up, I learned to just be funny and act like it was a joke. You truly didn't mean to just say that to me. Right. You truly didn't mean to ask me that question. You truly didn't mean to call me that and make me feel the way I feel right now. So, And I learned to just play it off as a joke. And the more that worked, the more I did it. And that's not necessarily something I'm proud of. But I... I do have the fear of that day coming when my daughter, you know, might ask me because we talk about a lot of things. Yeah. And why, you know, was it okay at that point? I'm hoping it's not going to continue to be okay for what, her. The but. thing for me is, um, and I'm like you, how, how did you deal with it? Being in, let's say it, a male dominated business for the most part, knowing that I was going to be in an environment that was mostly men and women at one point relegated to the role of, you're just you're going to do news. You're going to be our giggle mistress in the background. <sighs> but the I was way, called a giggle box. Oh, a big, yeah, okay, same yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, how I dealt with it, I said, you know what? I got to I got to get a thick skin. I can't be whining about it. I got to You know what? I got to just be one of the guys. When I get it, I give it right back. And now I'm worried. Then have I perpetuated their behavior knowing she can take it? We can say anything we want to her because she knows she's going to give it back. Well, and and I have that conversation. Our producer, Greg, and I just had this conversation that because I did the same thing you did, kind of became one of the guys, then you lose almost your ability to say that was inappropriate. See, Um, now I feel I don't have the right to say that because they can go, well, listen, you've been taking it for all these years. You give it right back. We didn't think that we were offending you when deep down inside... I'm kind of seething going, I wish I could come out and go, that was highly inappropriate and I don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You're showing no respect for me whatsoever. But instead, roll with the changes, get that thick skin, let everything bounce off. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> that's the burning question, yeah. right? And I think in knowing the balance, I still feel that the one thing I will say that now the people I'm surrounded by, I think they know the line. And we have enough respect for one another that hopefully, mutually, none of us are saying anything that's over the line. And when we do, I think we all know. And I think we all know it. If someone says something inappropriate, it could be me. I mean, to somebody else or somebody else to me. It's a it's top of mind now. We're very, very aware of it. Where something comes out. Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. I didn't really it came out the wrong way. We're a little bit to that point now, but I don't think that we've gone far enough. And yes, the Harvey Weinstein thing just blew the lid off of everything. And like you said earlier, why are we just now bringing this up? Why are we now talking about this when it's been going on forever? And the propensity in in Hollywood, everyone knew. Everyone knew. Well, and I thought it was interesting and not to bring up, uh, but I, I am a fan of George Clooney. I always have been. I don't always agree with everything he said, but I thought it was interesting that he did own up and say we kind of knew he was a bully. We also knew he talked all the time about these women that he was with, but they were friends of mine. So I honestly didn't believe him. I thought it was talk. But now that I know he was basically an offender. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be and done. And Damon said the same thing. And I think more in in that regard, in Hollywood, I I applaud the men for stepping up. I also applaud the men that have said, 
I have hashtag I have because that's that's powerful to me to be able to say you know what somewhere along the line I said something or did something that was completely inappropriate and I recognize it and now. I'm I'm going to own up to it right I'm gonna hold myself responsible for it right what do you think is the difference between um, a, a tough skin and <laughs> um, being comfortable where you're working. In other words, you know, where is that line? Because I think sometimes that's tough. What you decide you want to say, well, I'm, I'm a tough gal. The image that you want to portray to others. Uh, and again, the line is uh, standing up for yourself and feeling empowered. But God forbid, we know strong women come across as being a bitch. Absolutely. And nobody likes to work with a bitch. No. And she gets talked about behind her back and everything else because she's a strong woman. Um, and I think that's where the line is. And that's what we straddle all the time. I, I want to be strong. I want to show that not everything offends me, but when it does, I can speak up. But I don't want to be clear on the other side where everyone sees how I feel as a problem, where everything you say or do, I'm going to take offense to. Mm -hmm. And I think we have, as women even kind of, you just kind of nailed it. We all don't want to be that either. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but I've kind of learned, and I, I said this many times in my career, that it didn't matter what people called me. Because no matter what, if you are successful, I think in any business, any business, you're you're going to be referred to in a negative way by someone because there's still that mentality. I hope it's going away. You know, I try to talk to my daughter. You can be whatever you want to be just because, you know, maybe nationally we're not getting paid the same as men. You can. You ask for what you deserve to get. You stand up for yourself. All of these things. And yet, you know, without crossing the line. Because even now, <laughs> we deal with that. You know, I would send my daughter to school. She was being bullied in kindergarten. And unfortunately, this was by some gals. And I said, you I'm know. You, girls are the worst. I know. And, uh, <laughs> girls are the My daughter, I told you, middle school was absolutely horrific for her. She said middle school girls oh, are the well, worst. Well, and she's in middle school. Oh. So, but in kindergarten, I got a note. You know, we're having some issues with bullying and we're working through them and, you know, we're having the girls doing some role playing and all of this stuff. I mean, the school did a really good job, but I wasn't ready for her in kindergarten to be dealing with that. But, you know, at home, we'd have these conversations and I was doing everything I could to empower my daughter, sure. I thought. And then, you know, two days later, Olivia's doing a great job. She's standing up for herself. But. Now we're on the other side of the fence to where she's being a little too aggressive <laughs> and maybe she's saying some things to some of the kids that she shouldn't be saying. It's Honey, like, let's back where it is down that a little. line? Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's back it down a little. Okay, that's good, but let's not be too good at it. And I think through our entire lives, that's the line that we're trying to find. It's like, be strong, girl power. You can be whatever you want to be, but don't go too far with it. At 51 years old, I grapple with this every day. I, I want to be a friend to everybody. I, there's nobody I've met that I don't like. I want to be a friend to everybody. And then uh, that makes me weak because I don't stand up for myself. I don't ask for what I feel that I deserve because I don't want to be that person. So you've got your young daughter. We think that we're doing the best job that we can. And you talked about the program that your daughter's in. 
do you think that school systems need to have more programs like that to prepare uh, not just young girls, but young men as well, to be able to stand up for themselves uh, in, a, in a situation that they could find themselves in? See, I think that they do because I think... See, it's been a while since my daughter's well, been in school, so I know there was none of that when she was growing up. Well, and that's the thing, you know, everybody, oh, it's different today. And then there are people who say, oh, no, the kids are too coddled today. You know, there's so many schools of thought on that. I would say this, with social media being what it is, um, that sh- that's a game changer. I mean, I think we all at some point might have met up with a bully Mm -hmm. when we were kids. I think we could all think back to that time, but we didn't have to live it out in front of everybody. Where everyone knew. Yes. Because once one thing happens, you get it out on social media, everyone knows it. And someone can say, you know, for a child, someone can say something so hurtful and they don't understand they're not old enough to know tomorrow's going to be a better day. And, you know, unfortunately, bullying on on social media can happen to you at any age and you have to, you know, learn to deal with it. So, yes, I I think schools need those programs. I don't envy uh, parents of young children right now that are just getting into adolescence. I don't envy you at all because of the things that they're dealing with on a different level than than we did or my daughter did. Well, and I'm an older parent, so I'm. (laughs) <laughs> there, I'm just flabbergasted all the time. But that is the one thing I we talk about it all the time. You know, how are you and your friends interacting? What kinds of things are you saying to one another? Not only don't let yourself be bullied, but don't be a bully. Stick up for other people. I mean, I just it's so important to me and it's so important at 11 to protect what's out there and, you know, to help her wade her way through um, social media when it's time. It's not time yet for her to be on social media at our house. 11's too young. That's And at 11, still trying to be comfortable, starting to get comfortable in their own skin, finding out who they are. You don't want that shaped by what they hear or see on social media. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, we're going through those the questions, you know, and you're I know you've gone through this. Well, why are my breasts this size now? Or why is one bigger than the other? Or, you know, my butt now it seems like it's sticking out more. Mm -hmm. Or why is this boy always hitting me and teasing me? You know, these are the questions. (laughs) And it's like, don't envy you. (laughs) But that with everything else that we're trying to wade through. through. There's just a lot. Um, But what would you say, I guess, moving forward, what would you say to young women, to your daughter now who has admitted, as you said, me too, what, as a person who's gone through it, and we came through a time where no one really did talk about it, and now we are, what do you say to her? What do you say to young women now that are just embarking on their careers? Well, my daughter actually tells me, again, you know, you don't have to put up with that. You shouldn't have put up with that. All right. I, I understand that. Uh, but I ask her how she has dealt recently with the situation. She says, well, I deal with it head on. I talk to who I need to talk to about it, my concerns. And if it needs to go further than that, then we'll take care of it. She goes, I don't worry so much about the repercussions. I worry about how it makes me feel and how it's going to make me progress in my career and in my life. I'm like, then good for you. She has she has more strength than than I did at her age. Well, and that's what we hope for as moms. Right. I hope that we do. And, you know, I got married young. Um, I went from being someone's daughter 
uh, to someone's wife, to someone's mother. And there was really no in between to be to be Christy. Mm -hmm. So I had all of these roles to fulfill and I didn't really know who I was or who I wanted to be. So I just kind of followed a, a line of this is the way that it is. Uh, if I want to progress, just keep my mouth shut and just keep smiling. Now, as an older woman and raising a daughter on my own, I don't think that way anymore. And hopefully it's rubbed up on her. Mm-hmm. So how is Christy now? How Christy's is it being good. Christy? <laughs> Christy's good. Just a doughy middle-aged white woman go through the change. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on now. Is it hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> it's you, girl. <laughs> how many times have you heard that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Turn the thermostat down. That's the big fight in our house. That's Again, that's another podcast. <laughs> I think now, if you are a woman and you've, you're experiencing something even now at work or you've experienced something in the past, there's no better time, even if it's just talking to friends, That's right. to share it. Talk to somebody because right now it's that time. It's the time to talk where people will listen. I've done that just with friends that I've known for 30 years and I've told them stories that they've never heard before. And stories I never really shared with anybody because, as you said, you learn to close them up, yep. put them somewhere, and then try to forget about them and just move on. And this whole Me Too made me realize, wow, I, I didn't, I just kind of locked it away for a while and it just it bubbled up to the surface again. And I think if you talk to friends, family members, I think you're going to find a lot of acceptance, a lot of some maybe someone sharing a similar story mm -hmm. that they went through it, but there's something about just getting it out even years later, or if it's something you're going through now, talk to somebody because now is the time that you can do that. And I really feel strongly that you're not going to, there are no guarantees, but you're not going to have the repercussions that many, maybe many of us may have feared in the past. So whoever it is, talk to somebody and let people know what happened. And, and we all know we love to talk. <laughs> and we'll talk over boxed wine, my cardboard dough, whatever it takes. There you go. <laughs> I think this would be a great time to talk with an expert, maybe get a little more insight into this. Luann Lowenstein is a clinical social worker and a psychotherapist from Lowenstein and Associates. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Um, as we were talking, we talked, Christy and I uh, talked about the idea of, um, I, I guess, a little bit of guilt um, f you know, for the things that happened that maybe we didn't stand up enough. Sometimes we uh -huh. stood up for ourselves. Sometimes there was mm -hmm. a fear of repercussion. And so we didn't. Sure. How do we deal that with that now as an adult? Well, I think... You know, guilt is probably, of all the emotions that I deal with in my practice, guilt is the one that is yucky because, like, anger you can do stuff with. Guilt, it just sort of sits there, and it, it's hard to work with sometimes. But one of the things that you have to do is be rational about what, what really happened here. You are victimized when you're sexually harassed. And if you think about that, it would be like, it's blaming the victim when you feel guilty. Right. So you're blaming yourself. You. Right. Yeah. For feeling guilty for not doing enough, you know, for having the response that you did, for managing the experience that you had, 
the best you could at the time. It would be as if you and I were talking and we started blaming children who were abused by their parents. Like, that would be crazy. We mm-hmm. wouldn't we wouldn't encourage that sort of thinking and we would look at how irrational that is. Well, this too is victimization and discrimination. And I think in, you know, working with people who manage such feelings, it's really about learning how to accept that you did what you could do at the time and you're moving on and also understanding, I think the time and place and the sociology of it and where women's voices are today, perhaps where they were 20 years ago is different. Where we feel empowered now at, you know, 40 years old is different than how empowered we feel, rightly so, at 20 years old. So I think there are a lot of considerations. So to just say, well, I just want to get rid of the guilt, I think the way to manage that guilt is to accept that you did the best you could and really begin to look at the irrational notion about what your responsibility is in terms of your victimization. I I love that because I think that is kind of what most women will do. We feel we kind of internalize it and say, oh, I must have done something and or I handled this wrong. And so it never got corrected. And you've hit the nail on the head. We have permission to not feel guilty about how we handled something. This wasn't our fault. Um, someone else caused this, and we reacted Absolutely. the way we reacted. And you're right, all of those reasons. It was a different time, a different place. Life was different then. And that's a wonderful, because we kind of talk about explaining it to our children or to other people. Mm-hmm. The only person mm-hmm. we really have to explain it to, I think, is us. Is ourselves. That's yes. absolutely right. And the truth is that, It's not so easy to speak out even today. You know, my daughters have to deal with the same kind of issues that I did when I was their age. And I have to manage my own fear of speaking out when I think it might have negative repercussions. That I feel more empowered at this age, certainly, than I did when I was in my 20s. But it's still not easy. And there are still many, many women today who live in this modern world who still have a difficult time speaking out, that's okay. I mean, they're doing the best they can. I would encourage people to get support for it and all of those, you know, lots of opportunities to um, manage the feelings. But but to sort of evaluate how we handled something that we didn't ask for that got done to us and had very huge ramifications for us, or we think would, that that feels really unfair to me. Mm-hmm. If someone would like to find out more about Lowenstein and Associates, needs help, needs someone to talk to. Sure. The phone number is 614-443-6155. Well, I think that was a little different mom cast for us, but for moms and dads, you know, some of these conversations are the ones that we're going to be dealing with with our kids someday, or maybe you're dealing with them now. So I hope we've equipped you with maybe just a little bit of empowerment and ways to deal with it. Thank you so much for being a part of MomCast. Don't forget to subscribe and share, and we'll talk soon. 